Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the deep dive. I'm Chris Paydeck, that man to my right hand side, as you see on the left of me, um, <laughs> is Josh Williams. I forgot your name then when I was trying to do that. I don't know why I didn't just end it after to the right hand side of me. Why did I have to say to the left if you're looking through the screen? It doesn't matter, shut up. You're just going to call me Simon Hoover, mate. You're not bald <laughs> to, the right of, to the right of me. Sorry Simon to any baldies, by the way, watching this. This is not a discriminatory episode in any way, shape or form. And the views are not mine or Josh's. They're the views of Redmen TV. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, it just, it's just unfair for every bald person that is good in the world that all the referees are bald and bad, um, to be honest with you. But we are here to talk about the VAR and what the fallout could be from that and why we think that Liverpool could get better because of this as well. Because everybody's talked about it, but Josh, I haven't really heard your um, thoughts and feelings. Everybody's kind of heard my thoughts and feelings on VAR over the last, what is it, 72 hours, give or take. Um, now, it has been just, it's been a ridiculous few days, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's depressing. <laughs> um, how many I'm days? glad you're up for a chat anyway. <laughs> how many days have it been since uh, since the right since it happened? Sunday, Monday, two, three days. Yeah, well, my timeline is still packed full of VAR discussion, referees. Are they going to release the audio? Are they not? It's just it's so annoying because, like, from my perspective, I hate talking about referees. I hate it, mate. I deliberately speak about performance and matters to do with like what happens on the pitch between the players, basically the things that Klopp can control or attempt to control at least. In terms of a referee who has a massive impact on the result, by the way, just through his own decision-making, if he wants to decide to give a penalty, massive impact on the result. If he wants to decide to give a, a red card out or two, massive impact on the result. Despite preparing all week, you know, your team and your starting lineup and your tactics and everything. So I deliberately go out my way to just not talk about them ever because you, you can't you can't control them, you can't you can't have an infl- impact on them. But in this game in particular, mate, just seeing how much of an influence they had and how impossible it was for Liverpool to get anything by the end mm. was just really disheartening. Like Klopp swimming against the tide, trying to change his tactics and not to find a way to get something from the game. And it gets to a point where it's it's impossible, and even despite all that, he nearly he nearly did escape with a point. There was nearly a masterclass in there. We'll go through the yeah. team that that Jürgen put out right now, and you know, obviously Alison Becker, who was just sensational on the day. Joe Gomez, Joel Matip, Virgil Van Dijk. We had Andy Robertson, who played McAllister uh, with Sobersly and Jones, Salah, um, Gakpo up front uh, with Diaz over on that left hand side. So we'll kind of look at the impact that the uh, referee and the. Var- 
VAR referee and the assistant VAR referee have had on this game. So chronologically, I suppose it was it was Curtis's red card that really um, changed the game. But how before the red card? How did you think it was going for Liverpool? Because it's kind of been lost in all of this. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going quite well. Uh, I thought we were doing well in the game. And Spurs so far this season are averaging the most shots of any team. About 19 a game, I think they were averaging. And by the well, time... Well, up now. Yeah, it's up now, yeah. But by the time Curtis Jones got sent off, they had posted one. One shot that had in about half an hour. One really good chance as well, though, that never ended up with a shot when it was the ball first pass yeah, from Robbo. Yeah. Um, really good. That was probably their best chance, and yet Robbo did brilliantly there, didn't he, of course? Yeah. At the opposite end, Liverpool had taken eight shots. Um, and I think we were... I think they were escaping through the build-up quite a bit, but we were also winning the ball quite a bit, and you could tell we were going punch for punch. And I think if you look at both sides, we had the the attack and firepower, especially to kind of go punch for punch with them. I thought we were going to score first. We did score first. Got yeah. ruled out. Um, but we'll I, that later. I, yeah, even the Jones, uh, the Jones tackle. I thought. I mean, should we touch on that now or not? Yeah. Even the Jones tackle, mate. I I thought was. I can see. Don't get me wrong. Why it was given as a red, and I can see why. Your typical uh, Coventry fan or something thinks it's a red as well. But yep. I found it frustrating simply because, A, he his, his foot rolls over the, the, the ball, you know, which I think is unfair before connecting with the man. And B, when the referee goes and looks at this, the, the VAR monitor, he sees a still of essentially Kayser Jones trying to murder a player. Yep. It looks awful. And it, it it weren't like that, was it? Come on! It's so it's it, it's the kind it was the kind of game where like up until that point it was so entertaining, two heavyweights going blow for blow. NBA and that. is how people have described it to me. You know, yeah, yeah. One end, other end, one end, other end. Yeah, it was a proper game, mate. It was a proper like spectacle, and um, I think it had the makings of being one of the best games of the season. And I think when that's the case, if you're the referee. Hmm. If I was a ref, I would feel an obligation to kind of do what I can to let both teams decide who the winner is, not me. You know what I mean? If I have to give out a red sound, but if I don't, don't give it out then. Let the teams play each other. Let them determine who, who deserves to win. But by playing centre stage and giving out a red after half an hour, it ruined the game for me. I, I was just, I was gutted because I thought it was going to be a belter. Uh, we're live for the first time on a deep dive on YouTube and, and Keenan Kadribasic. Oh my God, sorry. I butchered your name there, mate. Uh, you might as well start doing our lineups with 10 red dots on the board, considering our luck, or even nine lol up the reds, uh, which I thought was quite interesting. Now, the Kurt Jones one's really interesting. It obviously changes the game, but you know, you've spoken a little bit about it then, Josh, and how, how you felt that um, it rolled over the ball. And Liverpool, we now know, have appealed that decision. And Matt Ladsden, um, one of the founders of thisisamfield.com, uh, uh, was tweeting about it and it seems that the reason for Liverpool trying to get this overturned of course is is based on the VAR trying to influence the referee's decision because and we'll quote from the rules here and there's nothing to show on screen so the VAR can check the footage in normal speeds and or in slow motion but in general slow motion replays should only be used for facts e.g. position of offence slash player point of contact for the physical offences and the handball ball out of play including goal or no goal normal speed should be used for the intensity of an offence or to decide if it was a handball offence so it seems that Liverpool are appealing on the fact that he was led to his decision by a still image showing Kerr Jones on 
uh, the Dortmund yeah. player's leg. Yeah. So that's changed the game, and we now think that that might have been fudged so that the referee came to his decision the way that he did. In terms of what Liverpool did then, though, they went to, they tried and tested this season 4-4-1 formation. Mm. Um, so Robertson stayed on the left, left Van Dijk, Joe Matip, Joe Gomez. We took McAllister, and as we're now used to, Sobersly, sorry, going into uh, a two-man midfield. Uh, we moved Diaz over to the left-hand side, Cody Gakpo uh, to the right-hand side, and we threw Mo Salah up top. Now, was it interesting to you just how dangerous Liverpool were with this 4-4-1 formation? Yeah, it was. But um, I think that's a product of just the kind of forward Klopp has recruited over the past couple of years and how much of an emphasis he's placed on, on speed, basically. And, you know, this transition game that he's always been famous for, counter-attacks and things like that. If you look at the lads that we had and the lads that we've got at the club, to be honest, you think of Salah, Gakpo, Jota, Nunes, Diaz, even Sadio Mane, all players who who would be a nightmare for anyone 1v1, mm. players who can carry the ball over large distances, counter-attacking players. So I thought it was it was an insistent dynamic, actually. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to enjoy it, to be honest, because we could still get up the pitch, we could still pose a threat. Soboslai, by the way, absolute engine. Robertson, engine mates that the pair of them covered so much ground. And when you've got players who can do that, in attack at times, it felt like we were still attacking with 11, even though we, we obviously weren't. I think the problem was, defensively, we could no longer press spares really high up the pitch because if, you, if you've got one-man disadvantage, it's hard enough pressing anyway when you've got an even team, never mind pressing when there's guaranteed to be a free man somewhere. Yeah, you think about the, the the pure numbers of it, ordinarily speaking, Liverpool will press maybe with three or a fourth person from midfield, but there's always four defenders. Hmm. You know, and you've, you're trying to press four of them with three guys for the most part, and you just can't do that with two players, can you? You almost have to split the side of the pitch off, and that's almost impossible with two. Yeah, that's it. And I think, obviously, I think it was just interesting, the, the curious little quirk of moving Gakpo and Salah and, and getting them to swap places, obviously putting Salah as, as like the tip of the spear, um, because Liverpool are going to be counter-attacking very quickly, probably through the centre. He's going to be the man um, potentially finishing the move. Whereas I think Gakpo was playing a bit further from goal because he's just not as he's a bit more of a feeder, isn't he? Yeah, so, he's not quite as fast. I don't think he's quite as strong as Mo, who we know can is used to those challenges from the centre halves and stuff like that. Can take a ball down from nowhere, continue to get forwards, get you twenty yards further up the pitch, maybe win a free kick, maybe get a free kick given you against you for no reason. These are all things that we know that Mo can do. So it kind of made sense. What didn't make sense for me though was Gakpo on the right. I probably would have changed that quite soon. And put him, on, put him on the left, you mean? No, or changed sub, him sub. out. Yeah, and I think that, look, I think we were probably going to see that at some point during the, the course of the afternoon, but obviously you can't argue with the fact that he, he doesn't end up getting a goal. Uh, and I do think he's really good on, in, that, in that position as well. So yeah. um, it was it was really interesting. And again, it's you know it's something that we've seen. Like it's re- I find it really interesting, this McAllister Sobersly thing, because obviously we've seen Dom go into the middle of the park a couple of times. The first game, McAllister went missing. That's a hell of a two-man midfield, by the way. Yeah, it is. It's very offensive-minded. And if you look at the the group that Liverpool have got there, the the eleven players, it's a very attacking group. It's only the ten players. It's very it's very attacking group to be to be playing with a, a one-man handicap. You know what I mean? So, but I think it was interesting that like if you exclude you know the the front line, it it's it's your basic two banks of four. Yep. Which which even if you've got a man sent off. 
two banks of four, mate, are virtually guaranteed to be difficult to break down if you do it in an organised way. So that was where like Liverpool kind of got their strength from. And because of the mobility of, of Robertson and Soboslai, and uh, the and Gomez got forwards as well. Yeah, and Gomez, yeah, and and the speed and counter attacking ability of of Gakpo, um, Salah, and and Diaz, we we still really pose a threat very often. The only issue was, I think, the only issue in which the kind of emerge was the difference is if you're defending with a four four two, obviously you've got two players like that. Mm-hmm. So if a Spurs player picks up the ball here, this man will take care of him. Spurs man picked up the ball there, this man will take care of him. If you've only got one then you can kind of use the space either side of them. And if you think of where Madison gets his main assist, yeah. it wasn't an assist, was it? It was a pre-assist, but he picks up the ball around here, uses the space that is kind of like uncertain for Liverpool. I mean, amazing pass. Breaks the lines of Liverpool's midfield and defence in one goal. Feeds... Um, Richarlison. Is it Richarlison, yeah. And he feeds Son. And it, to be fair, it's a great goal. But that was the one kind of issue that that, that was the one attack and move that Spurs generated that stemmed from Liverpool being a man down and you know if if a man if, if you're playing with a four four two that that kind of probably would have happened you know and and maybe would have stopped Madison from benefiting from so much space but um, we suffered from that a little bit but then we went up the opposite end before our time and Gakpo scores. Absolutely. You know, the thing that really interesting, I was looking at like the shot maps and uh, and stuff like that from the game, um, Josh, and I realised that. In the penalty area, shots from Tottenham, nine. From Liverpool, seven. So when we went down to this bank of four, obviously they did have, you know, eight shots from inside the area. By the way, there was a cluster of them in sort of, I don't know whether you can see this because of my laptop, and just sort of this area of like three or four shots, not in a great area. Liverpool, Liverpool did a great job in ensuring that they didn't get into this area of the field here, which is the most dangerous area to shoot from. And that was because of those two banks of four. And Liverpool themselves had seven shots from inside the area. Tottenham only nine. Yeah. And, you know, we've got, we played for 10 men from, what was it, 30, 30 minutes, something like that, 26 minutes. Mm. And then we obviously went down to nine men. You would expect them to be able to work it in, but there were so many shots from this area here where we'd press back. All of our players had dropped back in and they were just pot shots from out here, which Alisson was just sort of lapping up. So there's one thing that I took real encouragement from from in this game and from every game where we've gone down to 10 men just so far this season is the fact that Liverpool can defend. Like, and it, it, you know, we went into this game with the joint best defence in the league, by the way, because City had already lost mm. in terms of goals conceded, which again gets overlooked. It's not there now. I think it's maybe the second best defence in the league in terms of goals conceded because uh, I think we've conceded seven now in, in seven games or, or something like that. So, um, and I think Manchester City might be six, maybe. Yeah, I'm just checking the, the underlying numbers, actually, just... To see but, how we look in that but, sense. But, but in terms of actually when Liverpool choose to defend, this was kind of my point is Liverpool can defend. When we choose to allow teams to attack us down that right hand side, that is a choice that we make to be better in attack. Yeah. But we chose to defend. We can fucking defend against a very, very good Tottenham Hotspur side. Yeah. I mean, this is the is this the third time this season that we've went down to 10 minutes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Four red cards, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, in, in all of those games, when we've receded into this kind of compact block, we, we've looked really difficult to break down. And I honestly think if we'd have kept the 10 men for the rest of the game, I think we'd have gone on and, and won it, I really do. But um, obviously, we ended up going down to nine. But 
when we form them two banks of four and we don't afford any space behind our defence which is what most teams benefit from when they're playing Liverpool mm. they benefit from that that space and transition usually behind Trent and things like that when we can't completely rule that out by playing completely differently like a Mourinho side or something like that very difficult to break down and you've got two absolute monsters by the way and Alisson and Van Dijk who are just naturals when it comes to that side of the game like obviously they're very good at playing in an attacking way as well but if you're sitting as part of a defensive block, Van Dijk just heads everything away, clears everything. Alisson catches everything. Anything from distance, he's just going to beat away easily. Or just catch. Yeah. Pull or out just, from yeah. thin air. Yeah, yeah. Or just kick away and get a assist from it or something like that. But yeah, I think um, Liverpool, I've got the makeup to, to play in that way if we need to. And I think, to, to be honest, the next time we go down to 10 men, which will probably not happen next week, um, <laughs> I think we'd... As supporters, I'm almost getting a bit more confident. Yeah, absolutely. You know what to do. We're still in this, yeah. We're still in this. Whereas there's been personally in the past, I think as soon as you go down to ten men, any team, you just you're ruined. It's over. But with Liverpool this season, that hasn't been the case. No, it hasn't. And obviously, you know, I, I want to talk through this chronologically. And you know, before we can see that goal, really, you know, we, we go one 0 up. Now, what was the real, the real interesting thing, and probably the thing that stuck with everybody, I suppose. Um, who has watched football all their life, like most of us, is that I've never seen a goal not been given before. <laughs> um, I, I've seen contentious decisions um, not go your way, but I've never seen a goal, a, a genuine <laughs> factual goal, not translate to 1-0 yeah. on the scoreline at 0-0. And that's, I think, the thing that most people have kind of got to be in the bonnet about at the moment, isn't it, Josh? Yeah, it is actually funny when you think about it. When you put it like that, I mean, it's, it's genuinely funny because like, this is what we're all so bothered about and this is what a lot of opposition fans don't seem to be getting like a lot of opposition fans seem to be comparing it to subjective decisions or harsh decisions or whatever like this, that should have been a penalty two years ago or you know this fell on board the last what about this yeah what exactly about that? exactly this is one what of about the... that time when there was actually a goal and it never went one nil <laughs> that's what we're talking about exactly this is ryan reynolds here from mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. A really unprecedented um incident where like we actually scored a goal the referees actually 
said, yeah, it's a goal, but then just didn't give us it. <laughs> and then we kept... We, we kept it's fucking stupid. It, it's absolutely mad when you think about it. It's insane, mate. It's never happened before as far as I'm aware. Like, no. For the referees to all go, yeah, goal, like, yeah. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mad. It's absolutely mad. So, yeah, to, to kind of, and you're already down to 10 men, by the way. Later yeah. in the game, even though they know this, even though they know that they've just denied us a perfectly legitimate goal, he decides to Did give he give us the goal or not? He decides to give us another red, though, on, on the back of that. Yeah. Like, some referees would think, hang on a minute, these scored a goal half an hour ago and we didn't give them it. I could send this lad off here, but it's a bit harsh, you know, I'll let them off. Just to level the game out a bit, but he, he was like, nah, it's a red. <laughs> He's going off. I don't disagree with the second it's yellow, by the way, Josh. I no, really listen, don't. neither I do I. It was, I think it was a fucking butthead decision to, to dive in. I agree. I yeah. have a big problem with the first yellow card. Yeah. In that, like, you know, watching your man there tip over himself and sit on the floor asking for a yellow card, by the way, for Jota. Which is a yellow card offence, and he was on a yellow card at the time. I also have, I have a, I have a major issue with that one. It's just awful, isn't it? It's really bad. But then we know Liverpool went into this unbelievable. And actually, at this point, Jota was getting sent off. This is the, this is the crux of this show. I think more than anything, because we were just about to change it. And again, yeah. we, we at the deep dive here at Red Men, we want to look into the tactics and things like that. Now, quite often, that is what the Klopp do. Mm. But in this instance, Josh, it's what was Cop gonna do? Yeah. Because we saw Nunes looking absolutely resplendent in red on the bench, um, stripped off and ready to go. We saw Trent stripped off and ready to go. Now you got Gakpo, you got Sobislai McAllister, Diaz, Mo Salah. Gomez was probably straight on off for, for Trent, maybe. Mm. Or was was there another option? I think Diaz would have come off for Nunes. Uh, and I think Salah would have probably gone on the flanks. The right. Um, yeah, I think. <laughs> Why Gakpo? Why not Gakpo? Why did Gakpo was off at this point, wasn't he? For oh, he was injured half time. It was Jossie, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Jossie was on. So, unless you're subbing off a sub, which is a bold move, I don't think he's taking Salah right. off. So, right. I think he brings Nunes on. So, Nunes yeah. goes, if, if the sending off doesn't happen... We'll just move them a little bit further up the field. Nunes goes straight up top. Salah goes right hand side. Yeah. Jota moves left hand side. Is it Trent for Gomez? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Trent's probably it could have been for one of them. It could have been for McAllister, to be honest. But in fact it might have been, you know, thinking about it. Like you you're so compressive, you've got Joe Gomez who's a proper defender. McAllister was knackered. Yeah, uh, you know, covering lots of ground on his own. So it could have been for for uh, McAllister and then oh, I would have loved to have seen sent knock balls over the top of the midfield there mate I know it's, I'm so good that we didn't get to see it you know because that could have been a clap masterclass again like a couple of weeks after the last one and I think Nunes especially like when Nunes come up on the screen I was watching the game in town and when Nunes come up on the screen there was a, there was a noise in the boozer everyone was kind of like this is it. This is where we're going. You mean the, the pub didn't stand up and go, Nunes, Nunes? <laughs> it wasn't quite that, no, but it was kind of a bit like, this is it, it now. This, this is Klopp pressing the red button and saying, this is where we go for it so now. You weren't in the weather spoons, were you? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Nunes is kind of, because of what he did against Newcastle so recently, he's kind of the poster boy now of when Liverpool are playing with 10 men, he goes and wins us the game. 
and we were introducing them at exactly the same time that we introduced them against Newcastle. And we were, we were going for it, and I think the way Spurs were looking, they were looking shaky, out of ideas, a little bit stale. We felt up against the world. I honestly think we would have won the game. I really do, but that's based on not enough to be on a deep dive. <laughs> no, maybe not, but there's something from Reese Allen who I think has got a good point here. The sub was on a yellow, to be fair, so maybe he was going to take Jota off. Yeah, I thought that. Possible. Definitely possible, yeah, but it is embarrassing, though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for Jota, it's not a good look at all. And no. it's, it's one of the worst things that can happen in football. It's not something that, that, that it was, makes a big deal of, of course. It was a bad cameo, though. It was an awful he was, cameo. He, he was not good, like, he was definitely not good. I mean... Klopp the, didn't even look at him, you know, when he came off. I'm not surprised. He, he shook Jones's hand on that and hugged Jones when Jones went off, but with Jota, it was just like, no. The, the funny thing is, right, there is a scenario, and I don't think it works with the players we had available to us, but, like, I wonder what Trent would have been like there. Yeah, well, he because, can't. because of Salah and Nunes being on the pitch. I mean, Nunes could. No, not in a, not in a ten man team <laughs> on the left hand side. No, but like Trent there would have been Trent Sober, Sly McAllister, Diaz. Yeah, uh, you couldn't play Salah there. You couldn't play Nunes there. But it would have been interesting to see whether he could have had all three of the passes there. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Um, the only thing, the only issue with, with introducing Trent as an attacker in the team would be Trent. And we will touch on this when we go down to nine men, but Trent obviously can't threaten them behind. So in the way in which we were breaking out of our block and counter-attacking, Trent would be feeding that, obviously, but in terms of being a threat on the break for space to manage, like they were managing Gapo, uh, Salah, Diaz at one point. If you bring on Trent as a wide player, as mm-hmm. like one of the forwards, you've got one, not one less concern to worry about, but one less player who's probably going to be actually running beyond you like a red arrow, you know what I mean? He's going to be behind the ball most of the time, isn't he? Yeah. Um, which is one of the few, few issues I had with Klopp's final set of changes, but are we there yet? Um, we're nearly there. I've got a super chat from a Tottenham fan, so thank you very much for the £2. Really appreciate you. <laughs> uh, and I've got a super chat here from Hawks. Uh, 25 US dollars. Thank you so much, Hawks. I'm glad I got up early. Always love the deep dive. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much for that one, mate. Really appreciate you. Um, and, <laughs> and, and just Hannah says... Uh, uh, I enjoy watching rival fans embarrassing themselves as much as you seem to be parroting Twitter nonsense. So go ahead. Uh, that in 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 relation to the fellow who sent us uh, a one ninety nine super chat. Also, we've had a gifted ten gifted subscriptions from Edward Joseph. Uh, he's gifted ten Redmen TV memberships out to people. So thank you very much. Um, and LFC Aaron laughing at the uh, Spurs fan says, uh, "What a waste of two pounds." Um, that's what, mainly what is the Spurs fan saying? Oh, don't worry about it. I'm not giving him <laughs> satisfaction. Okay, I'm just yeah. going to own him, like, and just thank him <laughs> for his money. Tell him that I'm going to put it towards the replay fund, uh, <laughs> and then we're going to move on and forget he ever existed. Um, so, some lad just blasted his pocket money to say cry more. The kids of today says Dave. Oh, the poor lad's been absolutely pants down by everyone <laughs> in the chat. Um, so yeah, well done. Um, unfortunate for you you won't be getting your lunch today will you so yeah thank you very much for that one um we'll go on to the last change then um obviously um Akpo's already picked up his injury Joss has been sent off Noonan isn't able to, to 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 take to the field this time around um we've got to take a number off uh what did we do we did this. Yeah. so now we went for the old 
5-3-0 formation <laughs> that we're so accustomed to seeing here as <laughs> Liverpool fans. Um, we had Alisson in goal, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Canate, uh, Matip, Virgil van Dijk, Andy Robertson, Big Enzo, Sobersly and Ryan Gravenberch. And that's probably their average positions, to be fair, with the yeah, occasional yeah. 4-8 forward from Big Endo. <laughs> Sobersly is just, as you mentioned before, the word is monster and, and Ryan Gravenberch. And, it's not an it's not a it's not a system you're used to seeing, I think it's fair to say, Josh. No, but it made a lot of sense because it it, it just focused on the most important area of the pitch, as in the centre. Blocking the centre and giving them virtually no access to the actual middle of the park, which is where you want to get your shots off. Um forced spares out wide, took care of Madison a bit more, because we now had three <laughs> Midfield is the I just can't believe this is what we came I know, to. I know. Look, you've, at you've <laughs> Look at that. They're all just there. There was a point where Sobos like had the ball here and he just shot yeah. because he had nobody running beyond him. And this was part of the problem I had a little bit. I, th- I could see the logic behind playing for a point because you've got nine men, mate. So, so it's a bit different than the average game, like in it. But the only problem I had was. From the, this moment onwards, we had no threat whatsoever. So we could never escape. It we didn't was, have a forward on the pitch. It was constant defending. And I think maybe, tell me if I'm wrong here, but maybe, say, for example, Gravenberg, who came on. Yeah. If you bring on Nunes. You do know that's Endo, though, right? Well, yeah, if, if, any of them. I think, no, I think if it was Nunes, though, it would have been like this. I think Endo, Soboslai, I think Nunes would have been there. Defensively, you want Nunes in that three? No, listen. Defensively, as part of a th- no, no holding player, just as part of a bank of three like that. Yeah. But then, when Liverpool had the ball, Nunes could have at least gone like that. Yeah, that's the problem. And Trent could have found him though. But then that's where he'd end up. Yeah, and he'd stay there. That's the problem, innit? I know. I know. New- I, I this think- is our five-two-one formation <laughs> set out. I know, but at least then we could escape every now and then. We could give them something to think about. <laughs> You're right, of course. Like they, they, they just played the whole second half exclusively in this half of the pitch yeah. because they had nothing to worry about whatsoever. And I liked in the first half when they did have something to worry about. But at the end of the game, with like thirty seconds left, with the points that we were gaining, at that point I was like, okay, Sam, maybe Clock got it right. And he did get it right to be fair, you know, but it was it was brilliant. Like no one's thinking, let's go to a five three. I mean, no one's thinking the the easiest thing probably would have been to go to a four four. Um mm. because you've you've been in that sort of but with the personnel grouping, it did mean that Robbo and, and, and Trent weren't able to get a little bit further up the field. Unfortunately, the other lads weren't able to get there and stuff like that. But Here's the thing, and where I wanted to get to, is we've talked about the tactics, we've talked about all that type of stuff now, but there's a sliding doors moment in this game, I feel, where Liverpool go top of the table and they beat Tottenham Hotspur um, with 10 men, even, or 11 men, whatever. I still think, I like you, that Liverpool could have won this with 10 men. And, and then got, next week, City play Arsenal, by the way. Just wanted to throw out. And Rodri's still out. Yeah. And after that, I think they've got a tough game Manchester City have as well. So mm. it's, I think Liverpool go top of the table... Buoyed by the fact that they've just beaten Tottenham Hotspur with, for the most most part of the game, 10 men. Um, a beautiful goal by Luis Diaz. Uh, Mo Salah's record of scoring and assisting in a Brazilian games on the bounce is still going because he got the assist for Luis Diaz, the goal that wasn't the goal. Um, 
and Liverpool feel good about themselves and this young squad, this midfield group of players, this new group of players without the experience of the Hendersons and the Fabinho's and the people that we've kind of forgotten about but thank for their time at Liverpool, get to go top of the table and, and, and become something else. But the sliding doors moment is, it might just have helped Liverpool because now... Josh, Jürgen gets to do siege mentality at us yeah. against them. Jürgen's never got to do siege mentality us against them, has he? Yeah, I was going to say that myself. It's um, I've been very impressed with the mentality of the team so far. I, I felt the whole mentality monsters that was attached to the last team. You, you can't help thinking how much of that is, is because of the culture that's been fostered by Henderson and Milner. But they've both left over the summer, so obviously Klopp's still in charge, but he was question marks as to whether that that intensity level, that willingness to, that refusal to, to lie down would, would be would be there again, you know, whether that would come back. Um, but it already looks there despite having a completely new squad, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so t- to see that has been really encouraging. I think just based on that alone almost, alongside the fact that Liverpool have picked up a fair few points so far without really still ironing out creases and things like that, I think we can actually have a really good season I think we can pick up some silverware I think we can potentially challenge for the title it's early days to be saying this but just so impressed with Liverpool in this game and if you think of how much it took for Liverpool to finally lose think of how much it took mate. it took two reds it took a disallowed perfectly legitimate. legitimate goal it took a last minute own goal by one of our own players it, it, it took the absolute world it, you know playing away from home against the top four side, really. It, you know, if, if that's what it takes to beat this team, you're going to have a good season. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, what, what, do you think there is something that Klopp now has got? Like, iron sharpens iron, doesn't it? You know mm. what I mean? Like, this is fire and hell and brimstone and all this type of stuff. These guys are going through experiences together. Do you think they're going to come out stronger off the back of it? I hope so, yeah. And I think it's, it's definitely possible. And I think, like, going into the next game, you know, you're fired up and things like that. You want to prove things right. You've, you, you, a lot of players just naturally, when 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 it kind of goes against them, if it, it does fire them up, like if you think, for example, just off the top of my head, the the Jaha moments with Trent, yeah. um, you know, it, it it completely impacted the rest of the game, the proceedings, and that just because of like everyone feeling fired up and feeling almost hard hard done by or whatever. Um, so I'd I'd hope that it kind of kicks us on and gives us that kind of that rocker fuel basically to, to, to go for the rest of the season um, feeling like underdogs almost Is there going to be a knock on impact we, we've just done a show on redmenplus.com we do two shows a deep dive every single week we've just done one about a, a preview for Union San Joao and Brighton and what the red cards and the injury to Cody Gakpo and stuff means one thing we didn't discuss uh, redmenplus.com if you want that by the way go over there um, you can sign up from 6 99 a month it's, it's well worth it Um we didn't discuss potential fatigue in the players that were going to be asked to go again. Mm. Um, now, there's not going to be many of them. Um, Jota obviously didn't play a full 90. Kurt Jones didn't play a full 90. Is there going to be some build-up of fatigue in the lads who, who did finish the game, maybe even going as far ahead as Brighton? Well, I think going back to what I said earlier, the, the two I'd be most concerned about would probably be Robertson and Sobos. Like, I think that they covered just so much ground and they're so important to us in terms of like they just cannot pick up, pick up injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, they both seem to have absolute engines and never seem to need recharging. <laughs> so if they can do it, fair play to them. But I think 
this weekend, uh, this midweek game, for example, against UniSG, I would keep Robertson out the squad, I think, just to refuse that temptation of using him. And I think Sobok's like, I would want to do the same with him, but Klopp seems to want to, Klopp seems to introduce him around the hour mark in these midweek games, just as like a secret weapon to go and take care of the game. And in yeah. both games, he's done it as well. In both games, Liverpool have gone on to win against Leicester and Lask. But I would ideally like us to get through the midweek game without some featuring, to be honest. No, absolutely. Um, final sort of thing, obviously, at a, a time of, of streaming this, anyone who's, who's watching might know a little bit more than us, of course, but the VAR audio files, I believe, have now been given to Liverpool Football Club, which is obviously a good thing that they've been asking for it. Um, I should say the edited uh, audio files, uh, but I won't, um, because I'm sure they've not been tampered with in any way, shape or form, Josh. Um, you're a real journalist, so you can't say stuff like that nope. I can um, <laughs> la, 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 talking again um, we're probably going to hear what the uh, audio says in the next few days I joke of course they won't be edited they'll just be completely remade um, there'd be no point in editing them it'd just be easier to just get them back in on Monday and do it um, there is there is um, we are going to find out what's happened um, what do you think of the actual f- the fallout is going to be of all of this I honestly don't know. I, I'm, I'm I'm preparing myself mentally to be honest to wear this uh, to wear this thing back. I think I'm gonna run myself a bath, light a few candles, bottle yeah. of wine, <laughs> okay. and just maybe maybe drown my sorrows. I think, but it's gonna be a grim one. I think, and it's it's not a good look. Obviously, it's it's a terrible look, and it's probably the biggest mistake since VAR has been introduced. I don't want to sound like a biased Liverpool fan, but would you argue with that? No, I wouldn't argue with that. But I am a biased. So, <laughs> That's so. very true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's not going to go down well. And obviously, there's been talk of us kind of playing for this re- replay or rematch or whatever they call it. It's not going to happen, is it? But no, I don't think Liverpool I don't want even, a replay, and I don't want a replay anyway. I know that. I, I honestly don't know what the answer is because you can't just go and sack them all, <laughs> and you can't um, you can't go and necessarily just start employing a, a bit a load of foreign referees thinking that's going to solve it. I, I'm not sure what the solution is. I really, I really don't know. I don't think the solution either is, is get rid of VAR because the issue seems to be the people in charge of it. Yeah, so, I I think that we are what we are going to end up with at some point down the line is that we are going to have the full audio of VAR broadcast during the games. I mm-hmm. think that is something that we are going to do. One one thing I do think should be kind of adopted a bit more is the, the this semi-automated system for for offsides. For some reason, the Premier League said no to it, mm-hmm. uh, even though it was it was used in the World Cup. If it's semi-automated, surely it's a bit more like um, goal line technology, where if someone's, it, it's a bit clearer, essentially, rather than just some fella saying, check complete and just getting back to his biscuits or whatever he's doing in that VAR room. So I would introduce that. I think the Premier League needs to stop being like, you know, different to the rest and, and trying to do it their own way. Just introduce it. If it's technology's there and if it's better than what we've currently got, use it. Absolutely. So there you go. That has been the deep dive. Um, I think we've wronged the rights. Um, we've tried to do that. I, I think, uh, to be fair, I think we've done that as straight and narrow as you possibly can. If you want more deep dive, then go and check it out on redmenplus.com. I say we do two of these every single week. Um, one on YouTube uh, for free and one on redmenplus.com. So please go over there. Thank you very much, everyone, watching it live. We'll try and do more of these live ones. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget to drop a like on it. And please share the content. It really does help us. Thank you so much. And I'll See you soon. That's right.